This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. by new father mike gendron mike how you doing yeah steve you know it's just uh i'm doing good not much has changed in my life you know things are pretty much all the same now i'm good i'm sure we'll get into it here uh but baby boy is is doing good we uh we're rocking it over here i'm enjoying my paternity leave just sitting on the couch watching yellowstone all day long uh, well, the kid sleeps for like 18 hours, so so life's pretty good, Steve. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm a little jealous of Mike. That sounds pretty good. Maybe having a kid just is a way to just chill out and relax a little bit. Yeah, right. But I'm doing all right, boys. I, I think in the last podcast, I was comparing myself to Rocky, who came out here for the winter, <laughs> like when Rocky Four, when, when he went to Russia, and I was just getting into the best shape of my life. Well, then, then I lost uh, who, who Clubber Lang. Uh, is that Rocky? No. He lost to somebody. That was me. I just got my ass. Lang. But was that Rocky Four? I don't think so. No, that was Rocky Three. Okay. Whatever. Rocky got his ass kicked at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> and that was me. I got COVID. Well, he, lost, he lost to Drago. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't lose to Drago. Sorry. Continue. You, anyway. you were right. Clubber Lang, he loses. <laughs> and I'm, I think that was Rocky Three, but... I get my ass kicked by COVID these last weeks. I haven't run since before Christmas, I don't think. So, uh, and we got to talk about the Indianapolis Marathon at some point and, and, <laughs> and that stuff. But I was, uh, I was feeling on top of the world. I got knocked off my pedestal, but now I'm back, baby. I'm feeling better. I'm ready to get back out and get training again. I had a little bit of time to just nurse my wounds here to rest up, to heal up. So my, my Rocky fantasy has not yet been fulfilled. But we're getting there. Now is when we really start to get in the best shape of our lives. Yeah, it's a it's Apollo Creed that loses to Ivan Drago in four, and then Rocky goes to Russia to defend him. So I, we don't need to get into it. But yeah, um, I'm excited for any. But before we get to get get to training, before we get to you know uh, signing up for marathons and all that good stuff, Mike, let's talk about fatherhood and. People, I, we got a lot of messages on the uh, the social medias about how people were cracking up about how we were comparing having a kid to getting a stress fracture and how it's going to impact your running. Um, talk to us about fatherhood. How's it going? You getting any runs in? You know, you feeling well, different? You got a new new outlook on life? How are things going? So, Steve, let me just make one thing abundantly clear. Having a child has not impacted my running at all. I didn't run before having a kid. And I'm still not running after having a kid. So, so far, things are, are pretty much the same. No, I am just a uh, magician at changing diapers. I would say day one, I was the worst diaper changer in the world. Day two, I was like AAA level. And day three, I am now like the Mike Trout of changing diapers. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, there's it, it's chaos all the time but the baby Lily just sleeps all day long until 
you know, two, three in the morning when he starts crying and you got to get up and do that. But luckily, you know, my wife takes most of the late night shift. She lets me sleep. So yeah, I mean, so far so good. Um, but I do, you know, he, if anything, it's motivated me to, uh, to eventually get back into this running thing because before you know it, this kid is going to be kicking my ass and I, and I got to prolong how long that takes. I will say though, um, he is owing to lifetime as a Patriots fan. So not feeling super optimistic there. The Patriots have literally sucked for his entire life, entire life for his entire life. So I don't feel great about that. Uh, but yeah, the kids are rock star and, uh, yeah, being, being a dad so far is awesome. I, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it and shout out to the two crew who gave me well wishes and some parenting advice. I, uh, I appreciate that. Mike, you weren't, you weren't what I'd say, like, a, an ideal sleeper. Like you weren't going to bed at nine o'clock every night to get up feeling refreshed. Do you feel like all those days watching, you know, uh, West Coast college football has actually been good for you and your transition to being a father. So again, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to talk too many people into becoming a dad here, but let me give you another little nice thing is I, my job right now is to take the like midnight feeding. So I'll, I'll feed the baby at like midnight. So my wife will sleep from like you know, whatever it is, eight o'clock, and then she'll wake up at 3am and do the 3am feeding. So that means I just get to, I have to sit up and wait till till midnight to feed the baby. So me and the baby just hang out and we watch the late night football games, we watch some college basketball at night. So I mean, try, this is really just a life hack, you know what I mean? I just have an excuse, oh, I got to stay till midnight to, to feed the baby. So I guess I'll just throw on the football game while I'm at it jealous i don't know what to say I'm jealous. <laughs> so are, are you gonna are, are you gonna be able to get any running in are you gonna get a running stroller are you gonna are you gonna are, are you just are you completely abandoning the sport and hoping that no, something no, no, magical no. happens between now and indy or are you planning on getting back in the game here well steve you know what they say about fresh legs you know freshest legs in new england is always a good thing no i'm gonna get myself back into the game you know i've thought about the running stroller I it's I talked about this on on a previous podcast but you know I use my my dog as an excuse to go on short runs right Cause it's like oh I'm gonna go run with the dog and the dog can only hang on for so long I do like the idea of doing that with a baby stroller it's like oh, I can't take I can't take them for too long but I think for right now I'm gonna stick to just you know I gotta get back in the routine is a good excuse to to get my life back in order and, and run for the first time and god knows how long uh, but I, i'm i'm interested in the baby stroller run game i just don't know if i'm ready for it yet i see the the, the you know the my my wife chirps from the background said i'm not ready for that uh so i don't think she's ready to be the uh be running him all across america but i don't know i i i see the 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 super moms doing their their Sunday long runs with their, their baby stroller. And I look at it, it's like, man, I don't know if I'm cut out for that. So, but, but I will get back into the normal running game. This is, this is the start of, start of a new mic. It seems like an awesome training uh, mechanism right there. It's like running with weights on or the parachute behind your, your back as you're going along. It's just going to give you an advantage. 
Um, maybe I shouldn't have said that because now you're going to go out and buy one and you're actually going to get in good shape. But good to be honest, I don't think any of us are actually worried about you getting yourself into good shape anytime soon. So I don't know. <laughs> I just, I love the visual of Mike going out with the stroller and like the dog coming around, getting pulled in different directions, having to stop every three minutes to put the pacifier in, in Joel's mouth. Like this is a, this is a nice visual that if you do embrace, I think I might have to, you know, take a road trip over to Connecticut just to drive around and, and see Mike uh, do, doing fatherhood as a runner. Yeah, you you do embrace the, uh, the the little things very quickly. You know, I find myself just like talking in, in funny voices and like singing around the house and doing whatever it is I can to like. So yes, those visuals of me just being like straight into dad mode. I, I got to go buy myself a, uh, sorry, Steve, I got to go buy myself a pair of new balances. Like, I, I think I'm just ready to fully embrace it. I was already like 75% of the way there before having a kid. I feel like I was already like, you know, most of my style and, and you know, the, the music I listened to and everything was already like very dad-like. So I just need to complete that last 25%. I think for most guys, you reach a certain point in life, you reach a certain age, and there's things that you want to accept, right? You want to, you want to like reject the, this idea of like having to be trendy and cool and do, and like deep down, you're just like, I, I just want to accept like dad life, like not caring about certain things. And you don't really have permission to do that until you have a kid. I mean, like the classic example is, is the dad bod, right? Most guys, they reach a certain point. It's like, listen, who do I got to oppress? Like, I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't need to take, I don't need to have a, have a, have a chiseled physique anymore. So, you know, they having a kid allows them to just be like, yeah, it is what it is now, you know? And so like, that's just one example. I think dressing a certain way is another example. Making stupid jokes is, is oh, another yeah. obvious one. So now that you have a kid, these little shreds of like needing to be young, hip and cool when you don't really want to do it anymore you 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 officially have the trump card where it's like i don't need to do it anymore i don't give a shit 100 percent. so i guess in short in summary here uh, and i'm sure as we go along i'll have more stories to share and uh you know like i said i'm sure this will bring a whole new element to the podcast but two weeks in in short i get to sit on the couch and watch tv i get to stay up late watching sports and i can get fat and make dad jokes now so yeah, boys, being a dad, it's 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 pretty good gig. It's pretty good gig. Love it, love it. So, Trent, you you kind of hinted at your training for the Indianapolis Marathon. How's it coming? Oh, it hasn't come. Like I said, I got knocked on my <laughs> ass. I I haven't run in a few weeks now, but uh, but that's okay. I think one of the, we we picked a marathon that was a year away, so we gave ourselves plenty of time. To, it's not to a year out. away. I have it written on my whiteboard oh, right here. It is two hundred and ninety-two days away. Wow, when you say that's it that less, way, it sounds that's, that's less than three hundred days. Yeah, I forced yeah, myself. A year, to look a year at sounds me. better. A year sounds. Yeah, a lot it's a year better. away. In my mind, it's a year away, and we got plenty of time to go out. Maybe I'll buy the baby stroller so that I can have that advance <laughs> <that laughs> when I'm going. Uh, but uh, it has has not been going excellent just yet. There's plenty of time. There's a whole year to turn that around. Well, I've been I've been grinding. I've been grinding. And uh, this is the first time I've really like consistently grinded at running for, I don't know, three, probably four years. And uh, it's tough, man. I forgot how tough the sport is. Like it is like I, I, you know, the first two months of kind of getting back into it, you feel good. You you start getting faster, but I have hit 
I have hit like a plateau. Like I've never seen like a month long plateau of like feeling crappy, not getting any faster. And I know that's just part of the process, but man, this sport stinks. And like being consistent with it and, 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 and doing like consistent miles is actually the worst. So I'm hoping that I bust out of this plateau sometime soon and I start getting a little bit faster and these runs start getting a little bit better because before you know it, I'm going to have to start busting out these long runs. It's the only way I compete with you guys. Steve, Steve's already trying to play the mind games. Trying, he's trying to, trying to make it sound terrible. So I, 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 I keep pushing off uh, trying to get started here. I don't, I don't think we have to play mind games with you, Michael, to <laughs> worry about it. Uh, that, that's not a concern. But Steve, I think you, you bring up like, an interesting point where, and I think we, we're all, you know, obviously you got a couple of years on us and I got like a year on Mike. So, but we're all kind of getting to that point where, you know, one day you just don't get over that plateau. And I think we're all just like scared of when that day is. And if that day is now, if you really do, like I'm impressed by your commitment to the training and we have like me and Mike said a full year until the marathon get in shape. Like you'll, you'll get through that plateau for sure. But that is like something on the horizon there. Maybe it's not that you can't get over it, but it's just like a whole lot longer and maybe just like a whole lot, you know, steeper at first to get up to it um, before we can finally get past that plateau. So uh, you just, you just put a little, you know, fear of God into, I guess, both of us as we you think know, about train- our training. I think you hit the nail on the head. The toughest thing about this plateau is not knowing if I'm going to come out of it because, you know, I've kind of like, as like a general judge of like my fitness, you know, I've run, I've run probably a 5k once every, like a hard 5k, whether it was a race or a time trial, I've run one every probably like three weeks since November. So I've probably done it like three or four times in the past three months. And, you know, I've been, since I started doing this, I've been running regularly for the first time, like I said, in almost four years. And every single time I have run 18 minutes on the dot. I can't break 18 minutes. I've run 18 minutes for a 5K on the dot. And I'm scared to death that I'm never going to break 18 minutes again. That they, This is just reality now. And this is where I'm at. So yeah, you're, you're right. That's, that's the scariest part of the plateau is not knowing that if there's... if. The, the plateau just might be my new reality. Although, Steve, let me ask you this. If I could, like, solidify it right now, and you have to take the deal right this second, but I can guarantee you that every 5K you run for the rest of your life, you will run 18 minutes. No faster, no slower. But for the rest of your life, you're 90 years old. If you're still breathing, you can still get out on the road and go knock out an 18-minute 5K. Are you taking that deal? I'm not, and here's why. All you got to do is get through the next, like, I understand decade I, or so of being frustrated. But then once you get in your 50s, your 60s, you're I loving you're you. loving life. I hear you, Mike. I hear you. But let me explain why. Let me explain why. That feeling of – coming into the last quarter mile, coming down the home stretch of a 5K and being in the lead and, and winning that, even if it's just a local 5K, winning that race, I just want that one more time. And if, if it happens, if it happens where it happens one more time, I will know that it's probably my last time and I'm going to enjoy the crap out of it. Because, listen, I've been lucky enough in my running life for it to happen – Countless times, right? 
and I never enjoyed it like it was my last time. If it could happen one more time where I run mid 16, low 16 or whatever, and I'm, and there's a little bit of a crowd and I, I come down that home stretch and I enjoy the crap out of it. I just, I just soak it all in just one more time. Then that now will be worth the next 60 years. I, I get that, but you don't think that there's five keys that you can win in 18 minutes. There for sure is. Yeah. But, but you, there, you won't get the ad. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's like a really sad, you know, it is long-term thought, but for for anyone out there, anyone out there listening, think about this, like someday, and this is, and maybe, maybe you're not an elite runner, but for those of you that have run college or have trained hard, like someday you'll, you'll have your last win. Right. So a lot of us have probably already had it. I think I have, (laughs) I I think I've I've waved the white flag and I'm not, Sure. I don't think I've pictured, you know, going out and winning another race again. That hasn't really crossed my mind. So Mike, if you gave that same proposal to me, I'm taking option two. I'm taking the 18 minutes and I can be that sweet 65 year old showing up and kicking ass. And maybe I don't win the race, but I get a nice, you know, gift card to Applebee's or whatever my age group prizes. I'll certainly take that. Um, but yeah, that, that's a weird thought to everybody out there. Like this is, this is, there will be a race. That's, that's your, the last time you will, and, you will ever win. And I totally, get, I totally get your point, Steve. But let me put one more picture in your head, right? You're like 83 years old, and you're going DTL, downtown Lowell, and you show up before the race, and maybe you have a Miller Lite before the race. Everyone's like, oh, there's, there's old man Steve. Come out, and then you go out, and you hit the, hit the start line, and you knock out an 18-minute. 5k as a 83 year old then you go back to the bar you're drinking all like the 23 year olds you know under the bar and like that just sounds like you know exactly the way you want to go out you know what i mean just still smoking people as an 83 year old and just living it up like in, in no regrets like i, that's, I don't I, know it just sounds let amazing me, let me offer a counterpoint let me offer a, i want to be the guy i i want to be the guy you know when i'm I think 83 is pushing it, but I'm just saying like, you know, maybe into my seventies at the back of the pack, shuffling along, right. With the, with everybody else, just shuffling along. And, and they, you know, they see me go by and say, Hey, that guy right there, Steve Jenner shuffling along. That guy used to be a badass runner. That's not, hey, nobody wants, nobody, you don't, you don't want to hang on that long. You don't want to be at the front of the pack your entire life. You want to, you want to, you want to be, you want to be the guy that finishes at the back of the pack, goes to the bar and every says, Hey, that, that guy used to be fast. And then you get to tell war stories. You say, Hey, when I was your age, I had, I had a battle at this race one time. Let me tell you about it. Right. That's what you want to be. You don't want to be competitive when you're in, when you're in your 70. You don't want that. I, 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 I like how I don't disagree with that. In, in Mike's scenario, if you choose the 18 forever, that means you also choose the ability to drink 23-year-olds under the bar. Yeah, you choose it. You don't have to, like, take a nap after. Like, you can just go to the <laughs> bar, and you're also, like, I was just, the best drinker I was just trying to paint a picture, Trent. That's yeah. all. I was, you know, I was just trying to sway some people around here. Steve, just, to, just not that I want to, like, you know, encourage you, um, but I will here. You could encourage me. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice change of pace, everybody. You can encourage (laughs) your friend every once in a while. I'm going to encourage you here. So that plateau for the 5K, you know, it might very well be just 
just too long to ever get over and you might be stuck at 18 minutes. However, for the Indianapolis Marathon, what's nice about this is that we do have kind of an extended runway. I think all of us have several years, perhaps, you know, a decade or more. If we did want to run, we could probably, you know, push ourselves to run relatively fast times for us. So while the 5K, you know, the mile, like, oh my, the mile's gone, right? None of us are running a fast mile. That, that one's way gone. The 5Ks are kind of right in that sweet spot of when, you know, none of us are PRing again, I would say, but maybe we can run a time we feel good about, win a race. Uh, the 10K is kind of similar range. Things start getting that half and marathon. We can still get out there and impress ourselves. So, so don't, don't, you know, get too discouraged from the 18-minute the consistent 5K. I won't. I won't. And, and, and Trent, you, you brought up something a little while ago where it's like, you know, to, to, our, to the two crew that is still running fast, they're still winning races, you know, let this be a cautionary tale. Not a cautionary tale. That, that's the wrong thing. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy those moments when they happen. Enjoy them. Enjoy it as if, you know, when you win a race, when you run a PR, whatever, enjoy it as if it's the last time it's going to happen. Because as distance runners, we all fall into that trap where it's like, no matter what we do, it's never good enough, right? And, and when you run a PR, you win a race, you're like, well, I could run it faster. I want to run it faster. And you, 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 you don't enjoy it when it happens. It, it, happens, it's, it's a, happens to every single distance runner that has ever done this sport. When, you, when those moments happen, be sure to enjoy the crap out of it because you're right. There will, day, there will come a day when you win your last race. And, you know, I'm, I, listen, I don't think that day has come for me yet. I think there's, I think there's still, there's still uh, good stuff for me to happen in the sport. But, you know, Father's time is undefeated, right? And so when, that, when, when it happens, enjoy it as if it's your, your, uh, your, your last day. And, and what's, the, what's the old, what's the Michael Scott quote? It's like, uh, you know, you never realize that you're in the good old days when they're happening or something like that. What's the quote? Yeah, yeah. Something you know, like that. you never realize the good old days when they're happening. Right. So it's like, you know, be proud of what you're doing. And when you have success in the sport, celebrate it as if it might not happen again, because there will come a time where it doesn't. I, we need to put some dramatic music behind that, put it on the Instagram, Steve. That was, that was unbelievable. I was like a, a, but, a movie pump up. And but that's, the but that's the reason, that's the reason why I want to run the Indianapolis marathon because, yes. you know, I need to put something on the calendar to, to, con- to, to convince myself, to push myself that, Hey, listen, it's not over for me. Like I'm not saying I'm going to run what I used to run, but I got, I still got a little game left in these legs. Yeah. It, the speech turned out way more inspiring and, and encouraging. I thought, cause when you started, it's like, you know, you're like, uh, here, here's a cautionary tale, folks. One day you'll be washed up too. One day you'll plateau and you'll never win a race again. I was like, oh boy. I was like, here we go. No, that was great. And I, I agree with everything you're saying. And, uh, you know, maybe I wish uh, I heeded that advice a little bit more in, in, my, in my heyday. But to your Tell point, me I didn't give you that advice, Mike. Tell me I didn't well, give you that advice. I gave you that advice and you did nothing with it. No regrets, but but to your point, that the it, the the opportunity still awaits. You that know, is true. that is the, true. The opportunity still awaits. So, 
Hey, that yeah. was pretty inspirational. That was good. That was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, listen, Nate, the two crew oh, doesn't yeah. always get that kind of inspiration, but we uh, no, you, know, you don't. Listen, we <laughs> we we take a we take three weeks off. We're coming in hot on the mics today. I'll tell you that. We're recording, right? Oh shit. Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, I just, yeah, just yeah. wanted to make sure we got that inspiration. <laughs> oh man. All right, Mike. Let's uh let's kick off the running news. So, speaking of old runners past their prime running super fast, we had some unbelievable woman performances in the marathon and half marathon at the Houston Marathon. So, Sarah Hall goes out and breaks the American record in the half marathon. She continues to kind of like have this second half of her career be something insanely special and she's putting herself on the map as one of the top american distance runners of all time and not to be outdone in the same race at the marathon distance kira diamato breaks the american record in the marathon at age 37 i mean unbelievable day for american women's distance running one of like for American distance running, like, can you think of a better day to have two American records go down by two awesome people and kind of similar stories, right? Where in the later part of their career, they're having the success, right? Where they, they both are kind of hitting their prime later in their career. Unbelievable day. What do we got at the Houston marathon? So, um, I know I got, and I, I think in the past, I've gotten in trouble um, about talking about Sarah Hall and how she's married to Ryan Hall. Um, and, 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 and I, listen, I, I, I hear those, I hear those complaints, but listen, for me, like, you know, being married to my wife is part of my identity and I'm very proud of that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Um, I think, you know, and, and comparing this to, to my wife and I, we're both very competitive people. We compete on everything. And I think, you know, for Sarah Hall's entire career, Ryan Hall's legacy, his, his records, him as runner, may have been his, his legacy as a runner was just a little bit above Sarah's, right? And Sarah has done an amazing job over the past two years of inching, inching closer and closer to that legacy. But Ryan always had the fact that he was the half marathon uh, American record holder. And that was kind of always the trump card. With this, Sarah Hall has surpassed Ryan as the greatest runner in their family. And that is, that is saying something big. So the fact that the, the, the half marathon uh, American record holders in the United States are married is a pretty cool story. And without a doubt now, in that family, Sarah Hall is the better runner, and that's pretty freaking cool. And then, you know, Kira Diamato, um, this is a story that needs to be made into a movie. Like her, her rise over the past three years or two and a half years, two years, whatever, has been incredible. And to be at where she's at now compared to where she was three years ago, um, uh, she's a mom, like it, it's, it's just, it's an incredible story. And, you know, so it, it, something I would, I would pay 
gladly pay money to, to watch a movie about. Yeah, hit the nail on the head, Steve. Uh, I'm just glad Sarah didn't give up running for bodybuilding too soon. And I'm glad she was out there because she still had plenty right. in the tank, right? <laughs> what uh, if, what if, what if she like, she quits running and then starts breaking like deadlifting records and just completely embarrasses Ryan? She's just trying to one up Ryan and everything that he's good at. So she's now one up there in running and now she's going to try and one up him in weightlifting and, and all that great stuff. Um, but yeah, c- congratulations, Sarah. Like just, just two names, you know, that if you had put this uh, race and these results in front of us, you know, a couple of years ago or something, they just, you wouldn't have thought it was possible. I still, I'm not going to pretend like I've been the biggest, you know, track nerd or and running marathon uh, nerd for the longest time, but I do feel like I'm just still learning here D'Amato's name. Like I just remember seeing your name for an episode that we did. I forget which marathon she had run, but reading her story and how she still had her full-time job and she was a mother of two kids. And that was, you know, I don't know when exactly it was. It was probably a year ago. The Michigan, like that. Um, the Michigan like pro. Yeah. The, the Michigan pro marathon that they put together in the, um, in the, in the middle of quarantine, which is kind of like a breakout. Definitely. And, and it, it just kind of was like, to have a, a no name like that, all of a sudden, no, this is a fun story. Wow, she's running pretty fast. And it, not to be some, you know, 19 year old who's just like hitting her stride to be somebody who is, I think she's 37. I might, I might have that wrong, but um, in her late 30s like that to do it. It's just, it's just, Mikey said it, it, it's two unbelievable stories. And I guess, you know, she was going out for the American record um, before this race started. Like she had kind of called her shot and was shooting for it. But it still is kind of hard to believe and see both these names. So as you said, Mike, just an incredible day. Like we should not overlook how, you know, monumental this day was for American uh, distance women. Because to have both these names take down records like that on the same day is, is just one that, you know, we're not going to forget. And I, I think women's, women's marathon – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Women's marathoning in the United States right now is – is one of the more exciting events like the the names the storylines it's it's one of my favorite like if you know if you look at all track and field all distance running where the state of women's marathoning right now um it's it's it american distance running the the women's is significantly more compelling than the men's i think wait i just think i just think the the storylines and the athletes that are coming out of the women's marathoning team is just it's incredible and I hope it keeps going. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was going to say, Steve. Is like, women's, the women's American marathoning is way, way more of a big deal right now than on the men's side. Um, there are so many. It's way more fun. There's so much just like it's way more top-heavy. Like there's, there's more depth. There's more everything. Like there is it, – it's a lot more fun. And that is what makes – this day so impressive right with the state of american women's distance running and to have kira go out there and cement herself as the fastest american distance runner of all time amongst this field like for her to like be the one that stands out and 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 does this it's like it's crazy and i was watching her post-game press conference and kind of her finish line and her embrace with her husband to see how emotional she was and just like this she it, it was like one of those things where you could tell 
as she was saying the things she was saying, it like she felt like she was in a dream. Like she didn't really believe yet. It still hadn't it still hadn't fully hit her yet that she's the fastest American marathoner of all time. So it's a very cool. If you haven't got a chance to see it, I'll go check out her interview. Um so, Mike, Mike, I, yep. I, I, I did I did want to say one more thing just kinda on 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 uh Kira. Um we had uh when we had McKenna Myler on she talked about um, how she believed that as a, as a mother having a child, she, she had biological advantages, like her, her body changing. And I mean, it's, it's way too complicated for me to understand, but she talked about how she believed there was some biological advantages as a distance runner, as a mother. And I wonder if there's something to it, you know? It's, well, and we, I mean, we got three people right here that cannot speak on this topic, but I just thought, you know, watching, watching her when get the American record, I was like, I just thought back to that conversation with McKenna. I was like, I wonder yeah. if there's something to that, you know? Well, if that's the case, Steve, sign my wife up. Yeah, for get you. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> We're going after the American record, baby. Let's do it. Um, all right. Let's move on to the men's side of marathoning where a story very near and dear to our heart is unfolding once again right in front of our eyes. The Boston Marathon Elite Field was released. And no, before we all get excited, Kipchoge is once again not coming to Boston. So he has relinquished his GOAT status once again to... The actual GOAT, who will be at Boston in 2022, our guy, Kenisa Bekele. He's going to be there. We're going to be rooting him on. I might get shirts made up. That's my GOAT, okay? Hashtag hashtag not my GOAT, Kipchoge. Yeah, that's right. Hashtag not my GOAT. Bekele is the GOAT. He's showing face at Boston. He's going to win the damn thing. So, I mean, right there, I I, – this – might cement it for me forever i might be a bekele guy from now until eternity so that's that. well i'm gonna start off by saying this mike i'll believe it when i see it bekele, oh, that's a good bekele point. A good point. has toyed with my heart once before and and he might do it again that's all i'm saying like it's 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 real nice agreeing to be there. What did he say in London? He said he had a, a niggle in his calf. Is that what he said? That's Is right. That, yeah. That's so right. listen, listen, Bikele, if you towed the starting line and you're there to race in April, I, I, will, I will be at mile 22, Miller Light in hand, going nuts for you. I will wear the shirts that Mike make up, makes up. I want Bekele to win Boston. But all I'm saying is I'll believe it when I see it. So I was reading an article that basically alluded to the fact it was like, what are better odds? Bekele wins Boston or Bekele doesn't show up to Boston? I think that would be pretty funny. Pretty funny, buddy. What would you guys take? Pretty close. I might uh, take the not show up. I don't ah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, I would take an emotional hedge trend and bet him not to come. Yeah, and that I way mean, you're you're winning no matter what. Yeah, true. I mean, to your point, Steve, we don't just want Bekele to show up. We want Bekele to show up and have a chance to be in that 
you know, front of the pack to be in the top field. And he doesn't have that many years to be able to do that. So the Kale, you've signed up, get yourself there. Kipchoge clearly did not listen to our last episode because I believe he was the number one pick on our, what do we want for Christmas this year or whatever the hell the segment was that we had. So, yeah, I mean, if, if he's not going to do it for us, then, then we're totally done with them. Um, he's not the goat until he runs the greatest race of all time. But, but he, he can't just run it whenever he has to run it when he would go in and at least be looked at as a favorite to come in the top three or something like that. Like we you, need to see them both there when they're going to be a favorite to be like a top three finisher. You know who Kipchoge is right now? He's Dan Marino, right? He's regarded as the, the, the greatest quarterback of all time to never win the, the, you know, the, the Super Bowl. So until Kipchoge runs Boston, he's, he's Dan Marino of the running world. And, and, and Kipchoge, pay attention. Like now that we're, you know, 25 years or 20 years since Marino's retired, people aren't talking about him like he's the greatest quarterback anymore. Like you don't just have to add that uh, little uh, disclaimer there, the greatest to not win it. When you say the greatest, he's often just not even in that kind of final three. So Kipchoge, don't be Dan Marino 20 years from now. Steve, what, what, who's your favorite Boston Marathon winner there? Uh, the, the, the uh, Japanese guy. Uh, well, I can't remember his name. No, 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 no. Give me a second. Give me a second. It's it, your guy. It, um, ah, man, this is not a good look. It is. Hold on. It is. Yuki Kauchi. Yeah, Yuki. So in your that was, this is a long way to go for this this comparison here. But in in what you were saying there, if if Kipchoge is Dan Marino, who is Yuki? Is he like Trent Dilfer? Is he like No uh, no no who's uh who's um he's Joe Flacco. Or Nick Foles, maybe. Nick Foles, yes. Nick Foles. I feel like that's <laughs> that's it. Okay, we got it. Uh, <laughs> okay here we go let's move on to the next one this one a lot of layers buckle up boys so layer number one long awaited you know we know everything that went down with the pete julian club and alberto salazar and they're kind of like an unknown unnamed team for a while well they are a named team now we got the union athletic club that is the new Pete Julian squad. They're coming out with these, you know, kind of new logo, new mottos, the whole deal. So first layer to this is in, the, uh, you know, a post, Pete Julian posts their, uh, the Lilac Grand Prix, and in his caption for it, it says, this is going to be fun, no time trialing, period, racing period i think it's safe to assume that he is taking a specific shot at maybe a team that does time trial at times i don't know we we've in the past called out pete julian for taking shots we've been told that pete julian doesn't take shots i don't know how you can interpret this as anything but a shot at firearm and track club so our, our guy Craig says he doesn't know if Pete Julian knows how to talk trash. <laughs> like he doesn't even know. Trash. But you're right, Mike. Like this has been enough times where it's it has it's it's obvious this has to be trash talk, right? What else is it? It has to be trash talk. 
So I love it. Like, keep it going, Pete. And if it's Craig or whoever or whoever the union athletic social media intern is, keep it going. Like, keep the trash talk going. This is what we need in the sport. Um, so that's my first take on this. Second take is I kind of hate the name. Kind of hate the logo. feel like we should have done better. We could have done better. That, is there, like, was, underlying meaning for, for the name? I don't like, know, but, like, it doesn't jump out. It doesn't grab you. If there is underlying meaning, it's not obvious. I'm not a huge fan of it. That's just it, my take on it. It just feels so, like, formal and, and yeah. know, you know, just unoriginal. It looks like the logo with the two hands on the torch looks like it could be the logo. Like, Union Athletic Club could just be, you know, a, a health gym that – people in in california and like hollywood go to and pay 500 bucks a month to be a member of like doesn't it kind of look like that in the lane just the blue in the way i don't know it just seems very safe right yeah it's like so they're on their on their instagram it's we stand uh together we stand together we thrive together we win it's like well all right, all right i get it i get it unity you know union like i get it right i don't know I feel Which, like we, we, we should be better. We should be better. And, and listen, we're not going to give two shits about it, you know, once these guys are, are racing. And if there is a, a, a little bit of a rivalry or more of a rivalry with uh, Bowerman and we see some, some clap back going back and forth, like that's what we're going to care about, right? That's what we care about. Um, but if this is the initial news, it just is not, it's not something to get super excited about when you see uh, the name and the logo. So the next layer to this, which is a fascinating one to me, right? Our guy, Craig, uh, you know, right after the Olympic trials made some comments and he's made comments on this very show that speculated that, you know, maybe he's not in for the long haul in this track and that he doesn't actually, you know, maybe, maybe doesn't love the sport as much as we thought he did. And I think we all predicted that, his time in this sport was coming to a rapid close. Well, that is not, that's just not the truth. He has uh, kind of taken some time to think about it. And in his time thinking about it, decided to sign a nine-year contract with the Union Athletic Club. So not only did he say, no, I'm going to stick around for a little bit. He's going to stick around for the next nine freaking years. He's guaranteeing two more Olympics. Uh, I mean, just what an absolute wild move by Craig to not see that coming. What what does that even mean, a nine-year contract? Like, I, <laughs> that that's insane to, to sign anyone. To, I mean, so I get it from, from Nike perspective, from union perspective. Like, you want Craig because even if he's not running at an elite level, he is as good of a brand ambassador as you could ask for to be out there, to just be doing different events where he's interacting with people to be a face on social media. So, I mean, from a business side, I kind of get why you want to just lock Craig up and have him as part of your brand for as long as you can. But I mean, nine years, how old is Craig? Does anybody know offhand? Um, whatever it is like though. Mid to high twenty. 526 i don't know something like yeah that. i guess after we just went over the women's marathon results there's no age can uh prevent you from being an american record holder in the next you know 15 years for him but it, it's it's kind of like he's 27 so this will take him till he's 36 i mean I'm, I'm not anticipating 
as much big of a Craig fan as I am, I'm not anticipating him competing for medals, you know, two Olympic cycles from now, but uh, you have to, yeah, you gotta, you gotta understand, I guess, from the inside just to have him as part of the brand. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. I mean, Craig is like fully committing the next decade of his life to us. It'll be fun to see, you know, what he does for union and like how, you know, he gets deeply ingrained with it and just kind of becomes um, one of the faces of the team. So I, I think we can all agree, like, you know, like everybody, we're huge Craig fans, like Craig's, Craig's our guy. And, you know, I think he'd say the same thing about us, right? Like Craig's our guy. And like, I think, you know, I think we were, we were, we were honest after the trials and the races leading up to the trials. I think 2021 was kind of a tough year for Craig. You remember leading up to the trials, he had that race where he kind of coming around the bend, he put his hand up and then he got out oh, yeah. kicked and then he finished fourth at the trials. Like it was a tough year. Like, and I think everybody was wondering, was like, is he going to fade out and is he going to, you know, go off in the sunset? Like he's been saying he's going to do for, for years now, or is somebody going to step up and is somebody going to pay this guy? And um, it was looking there for a little while. Like Craig was just going to get in his RV and uh, fade off into the sunset, ride off, ride his RV into the sunset, you know, with a, with a Budweiser in hand. And uh, you see this announcement about the union athletic club. There's no sign of Craig Engels. And then it comes out that, it, that he has a nine-year contract and um, genius move from Nike, genius, genius move from Union because hate it or love it, he's the most influential person in the sport. That is I – don't, I, I, I don't think that is up for argument. Like, the guy puts asses in seats. He, he moves merch. Like, he, he, he is he, – in, 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 in the distance world – mid-distance world he has he is as much of an influencer as you can possibly have in the sport and i don't think that if you're if you're a running club if you're a running brand it's hard to put a price tag on this so i'm glad to see that craig is going to stay in the sport he's going to stay in the sport for a long time and we're going to see him make at make a run at the next olympics because um nobody's happy with a fourth place finish Nobody, like nobody wants, everybody wants to see Craig on the world stage in the Olympics. Like that's what every distance fan in the United States and beyond in other countries wants to see. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see that, 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 that uh, somebody's pulling up and giving this guy like a significant deal because honestly, like with everything he's done on and off the track, he kind of deserves it. Yeah. And I think like, like I said, Steve, 2021 was a tough year for him. And still, even though he was having a tough year, he was still, every time he steps on the track, it's news and it's important in the track world. And like you said, he draws eyeballs, whether he's running fast or whether he's running slow. And I think him signing this deal tells me he took some time to think about it and he decided he has unfinished business, right? the two things that we know from when we've talked to him multiple times are that I do think that he loves competing more than he loves the sport or that he loves running. Um, so that kind of, yeah, right. And, and that kind of gave his question, but I also know that he loves winning and he's competitive as hell. And I think the reason it's so exhausting for him is because he wants to win so bad. And I think he decided that 
he's got unfinished business and he wants to be an Olympian and he wants to, he's, he's got things he wants to do. So I hope that we, this means that, you know, after he kind of took his break to, to think about what he wanted, we see a re-energized Craig and we kind of see the, the Craig from 2019 or wherever it was when he was an American champion, 2020, and 2020 and he, when he was feeling himself and, you know, when he was the, the best miler in the country. So I'm excited for it. Um, and, you know, that means just uh, nine more years of Craig coming on the Peak Too Early podcast. So I'm excited That's for right, that baby. <laughs> um, and the final news story, uh, uh, more signings here. So Isaiah Harris, who's a former Nike athlete, just missed out on the Olympic team, finishing fourth Olympic trials in the half mile switches clubs he's moving to the brooks beast leaving nike getting a deal with the beast what do we think i think that this is an unbelievable signing for the beast and um isaiah he 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 had a breakout year in, in 2021 i think he finished we finished fifth at the trials fourth um he was he was the first man fourth. out yeah, yeah he's fourth. like like he showed what he is capable of he he proved that he like I feel like he was kind of always in the mix of like the guys that were just just below competing for for the for the USA teams competing for the Olympic teams and he was like just he was like just he was just out of reach of that 2021 he proved he's like he's like I am in the mix he's like I am a medal contender I am an Olympic contender like he is, he is a top tier USA runner right now. And I think that he proved that in 2021 and uh, he was looking for a team where he's going to have mid distance guys to run with, train with, compete with. And uh, I think that the Brooks beast under, you know, coach Danny Mackey is the perfect fit for them. That mid distance team is shaping up to be one of, if not the best mid distance team, in the United States, obviously, you know, led by, led by Josh Kerr. I mean, you're bringing in Devin Dixon, you're bringing in Isaiah Harris, like, and then you got the, the, you know, the long list of guys that they've had, you know, over the past year, like that team, that mid distance team is rock solid. And those guys get to go to practice together every single day and just grind. Right. And, and kind of set the tone, set the mentality. I think you're going to see more and more beasts kind of, come out and, 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 you know, contend for these USA teams. You know, I think they, other than, other than Josh, which is probably the coolest story. It's, 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 I think our favorite story from the Olympics. Um, The beast didn't in general, especially on the USA side, didn't do what we want him to do at the trials. But I think adding these pieces, setting the mentality is, uh, is going to bring this team to a, to a new level. Yeah. I think that those are, you know, my big takeaways is a, I think the beasts have just are very focused on building a mid distance empire there. They want to, like you said, be the best mid distance team in the country. And I wonder too, it's like, it's almost a perfect spot for them. Right. Whereas uh, a guy who's kind of breaking out, finding himself if he finishes third at the Olympic trials and makes that team, 
I wonder if he's still with Nike and Nike throws the bag at him. You know what I mean? But it's kind of the perfect spot where he was fourth. He was right there in the mix on any given day could have made that team, but maybe, you know, opens the door for the beasts to come in and, and take a guy who was right there. So you never know. I forgot to mention Waleed Suleiman too. I forgot he, he, oh, yeah. he, he was assigning it during the trials last year. I mean, just kind of another piece added to this team. It's exciting to see the teams gearing up, you know, at this stage too. You know, it wasn't that long ago as the Olympics. It still kind of feels like we're, we're kind of entering kind of a down cycle here that's going to start heating up soon. But it's fun to see Brooks going out and, you know, Isaiah's contract was up, so he was going to go somewhere. But it's fun to see them like re-gearing up now. And as you kind of mentioned, um, Steve, maybe it was on our other recording here, but the next Olympics is not that far away. So teams want to start getting everybody in and start getting that full, you know, two-year cycle here of solid training to be ready for it. I think this three-year gap is going to be really interesting because it's, it's a quick turnaround. You're going to get some people that were kind of on the bubble that are going to, that are re-energized people like our, our guests on next week's episode that were right there. And, you know, it's, it's one less year that they have to hang on for. Right. And they can kind of, they can kind of, uh, you know keep up that 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 gear it's it's much easier to keep that level i think for three years than it is for four years so it's it's going to be a very interesting olympic cycle i I bet craig was thinking that when he's you know deciding Uh, to get back at it right you know like it's kind of crazy but we're we're really two years out from when you kind of get into that uh you start training for the trials basically which is not when it feels like it should be four years away it's really just it's going to be an interesting yeah i totally agree interesting cycle all right, unless we got anything else, boys. That oh, we have one it. more news story. Oh, we got one more news story. What do we got? So was it 2020? We uh, we gave away the first uh, P2E championship belt. Was it the summer of 2020? That sounds right. Yeah. 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 So to the to the winner of the of the uh the the p2 early two miler the too miler the two miler that's right yes, yes, yes. Belt. i'm gonna make the announcement right here and right now that at the irish clover five miler in drake massachusetts this march 12th there will be a new champion awarded a belt so the in-person champion of the five miler irish clover is going to get Get a nice shiny P2 early championship belt. There'll be other prizes. There'll be a cash prize, but really, the most important thing is the championship belt. So, a new champion of Two Crew Nation, president of Two Crew Nation, is going to be crowned at the Irish Clover this March. So, just keep that on your radar, everybody. I, I don't know if he'll be able to uh, cross COVID borders here to come defend his. Uh, belts but i i would be afraid for everybody if uh if brandon allen shows up shows face to to come take another belt he, gotta, he was the original belt holder right he oh, was yeah. okay we, we got to dig up some old pictures and repost them on on the gram here because that belt is badass so if anyone here doesn't know the belt or hasn't seen a picture of it or what it's gonna look like you know you're gonna be looking like a wwe champ uh, walking around after the Irish Clover 5K. Oh, there'll be pictures. There'll be videos posted. We're going to make sure everybody knows what the belt belt looks like before the, the gun goes off. 
All right, now that's all that we got for the news. All right, boys, that was a uh, that was a fun episode. You know, I'm glad we. You know, it's always good to get back on the mics here. You know, I I, I miss doing this. You know, we've obviously we we've talked about it every single episode since uh, you know since this past fall. But life is crazy right now. We're doing our best to get on here and keep these episodes coming out, and I think we're going to be um, consistent with the with the plan that we laid out in October, we're going to do better with the interviews. So we're going to continue to alternate with the, the, the episode, just the guys here that everybody knows and loves. And we're going to have big name guests on, on the, on the alternating weeks. Um, next week's episode is going to be our first interview on the episode. And it is, it's an episode that I think everybody in two crew nation, every the three of us on this podcast have been waiting for for a long time. We have Devin Allen on the podcast. Devin Allen, two-time Olympian in the 110 hurdles, also an Oregon football player. Caught seven touchdowns for Marcus Mariota in 2014. Uh, played in the uh, played in you know the Pac-12 championship. You know he went to the went to one of the first. Uh, well, he was injured. He he didn't make it to one of the first ever uh, you know uh, college football playoff games, but. Um, just a super interesting guy. We uh, we try to recruit him to uh, to come back and play football and leave track and field. But, you know, you'll have to listen to that on next week's episode. All right. Let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the on the uh, bell app here? Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier in the show, uh, but I've been uh, watching a little bit of Yellowstone these days. And trying. I know you think you're some kind of mountain man out there and in, uh, you know, in Idaho. But. I got to be honest, I feel like I'm a little bit more equipped for the uh, ranch life, for the, the mountain man life after watching Yellowstone. Uh, I know a little thing or two about ranching these days. So, you know, I, I watch your back as like, you know, the most like country guy on, on this podcast because I'm coming for you. I know a little something these days. Give us a quick kind of uh, recap of what you've learned. And and on, I've never seen Yellowstone. I don't know much about it. So it's it's just about a guy on a ranch out somewhere near I am. Is uh, that what's going on here? Uh, Trent, just nonstop chaos. Listen, it's Kevin Costner. He owns this gigantic ranch, and everybody in the world is coming to try and take it from him. Casinos, airports, all, the whole deal, golf courses. Everyone wants to take his land for him, and he's just killing everybody in his sight and he's out there just wrangling cattle and you know moving bulls from from land to land and he's out there on the it's just it's a great show and you know i might move out there to idaho with you and, and start a ranch and become a rancher myself i was i was walking down the downtown today and there's a deer on the sidewalk, like walking the other way. So I could use your expertise of what to do if like a deer is just kind of charging at you on the sidewalk based yeah, on your Yellowstone view. I'd whip my lasso out and I'd freaking pull, pull his legs right from under him. Trent, what do you got for people on the bell lap? Last episode, we had done What Do We Want for Christmas? Shout out to two crew member Hannah, who got me CEP compression sleeves. She got me yeah. body glide. It yeah. was like, all the things that I had said were the must gets for the run of your life was what I got uh, for Christmas. So boys, I think we need to do that kind of every time we have a birthday, every time there's any kind of holiday that could require gifts. Cause apparently if you say them, the two crews listening, you may, you may get some nice uh, uh, gifts for all the things that a runner could possibly want. 
Heck yeah. CEP for everybody, baby. Um, my bell app. I want to give a shout out. I mean, he's a reoccurring shout out on this podcast, but, uh, Luke Mason, uh, you know, friend of the program, uh, two crew member. I was on a run yesterday in downtown Lowell and I've never met like, you know, Luke, I think he was, he went to high school with you, Mike, right? Sure did. I've never met Luke before. And, uh, I only ran past, it was, it was a cold day. I only ran past one person and uh posted on strava and i got a comment being like hey i ran past you on my run today i remember exactly where i'm <laughs> by him and i was like so i have i have kind of met luke in person but but not really but shout out to him he, he said yeah we're on a, i'm on my indie marathon grind so mike uh luke is uh luke's out there crushing you better you better start training but yeah um, i'm aware <laughs> all right boys i would run faster but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the juice.